podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. We are right off the back of Atletico Madrid 2, Liverpool 3 at the Wanda Metropolitano in Madrid. A historic win for the Reds, the first time Atletico have lost a home game in Europe in four years. The first time they'd lost, I think, in four... I think they'd one defeat in 40 games coming into this uh, fixture, something along those lines. Reigning champions of Spain, lots of talent, surprisingly attacking lineup from Diego Simeone. I'm still not sure if we witnessed a good game. It was a very exciting and entertaining game. I'm just not sure if it was a good game because there was a lot of bad defending involved and a lot of bad midfield play from the Reds. And for the first 20 minutes of this game, we looked like we could well put together another victory like we had at Watford. Absolute domination from the Reds, control of the ball, control of tempo, control of space. Mo Salah put the Reds one up after seven minutes. We'd already had a couple of half chances to this point. We'd been the dominant team. Salah picks the ball up, beats a man, beats another man, beats a third man. It's not the best shot he'll ever take in his life. Takes a deflection off Jeffrey Condogbia. There was some confusion as to whether it hit Condogbia or Milner, who was also standing in the vicinity. Milner didn't celebrate like a man who just scored a goal. He went to celebrate with Salah. So it appeared straight away that he was crediting Salah with the goal. It was given to Salah, then it was given to Milner, then it was reviewed again, and it was clear the touch came off Kentogbia. And since the shot was on target, the goal goes to Mohamed Salah. He had left Carrasco, Lamar, and Hermoso in his wake, just doing magician things, as he has been for the entirety of this season. And it was no less than we deserved to go one up at that point. We continued to pile on the pressure. And just six minutes later, there was a scramble in the Atletico Madrid box. A very weak clearance by Felipe. Naby Keita standing on the edge of the Atletico box on the volley. A swerving, vicious strike that gave Jan Oblak, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, Absolutely no chance. He could have put two keepers in and no one was saving that. A phenomenal goal from Naby. And Liverpool were absolutely comfortable at this point. There was no real look from Atletico. Nothing to suggest they were even going to trouble the Reds on the night. But they did fight back. And on 20 minutes, they got a corner. Thomas Lamar beats Naby Keita. Naby gets beaten far too easily. He cuts the ball back to Koke on the edge of the Atleti, uh, the edge of the Liverpool box. Now, Liverpool's defensive structure just seemed to collapse once Naby got beaten. And nobody reacted, nobody closed out on Koke. He put the ball back towards goal, and Antoine Griezmann standing about four yards out, threw a leg at it and tapped it home. The goal was reviewed for three or four minutes because Thomas Lamar, having played the ball to Koke, continued to run in a straight line, ran into an offside position and seemed to impede Joel Matip's ability to clear the ball. 
he did seem to impede Matip's ability to clear the ball. They definitely checked it for an offside. I'm not quite sure how they came to the decision that Lamar didn't interfere with play. But the goal was given, it was 2-1, and on we go. Liverpool were heavily reliant on Alison Becker in the next 20 minutes of the game. Two absolutely sensational 1v1 saves. One against Griezmann, who ran off the back of Virgil, Joel Matip, a little bit too deep, not quite aware of what was going on. Virgil, too advanced, taking a gamble that didn't need to be taken. Griezmann got through. Alisson was sensational in that regard. The second one, Thomas Lamar ran through the middle of the Liverpool midfield. Untouched. No defensive midfielder to be seen. Couple of quick passes. He got round the back. And again, Alisson coming out, narrowing the angle brilliantly. Great save. But Atleti would go get the 2-2 on 34 minutes. I may have some of these out of sync, but... You get the overall picture. Atleti were the better team in this period of the game. We get to 34 minutes and it's a really bad goal to concede from a team perspective. Now, once again, Naby Kane is at the centre of it. He presses João Felix. He presses him wide on the touchline. About 35 yards from goal, about two yards from the touchline. As he begins to press, as he engages in that press, Joel Matip is on his hip. Whether or not he thinks Matip is still there, and as he turns João Felix to go one way and gives him only one option, my assumption is he thinks Matip is still there or that Trent has stepped up to set the trap. Normally, that's what we see Liverpool do. A wide midfielder presses, and they'll either press them one side to get the trailing forward coming back, or they'll press on the other side to get that fullback stepping up. Trent doesn't step up because he's got to be aware of Carrasco. Matip is in a really bad position. When Joe Felix gets round Naby and moves centrally, normally what we're used to is Fabinho being right there at his feet to take the ball off him. When Joe Felix went round Naby, he had acres of space to move into nobody coming from midfield at all to press him. Midfielder standing and watching. He plays a pass to Griezmann. It's not a good pass. He underhits the ball. But because our midfielders are out of position, they're not where they should be and they can't intercept that pass. Van Dijk makes a mistake in that he's facing away from Griezmann and then he turns the wrong way. Like I said, Matip is out of position, so there's too big of a gap between the centre-backs. You'd also question the lack of communication from Andy Robertson. Robertson was on Griezmann. He can't trail Griezmann's run because Rodrigo de Paul is making a break from midfield. So he has to pass Griezmann on to Virgil, which makes it his responsibility to let Virgil know Griezmann is on his way. That does not happen. Griezmann takes a good touch but there's an acre of space for him to knock the ball into. And it's a great finish past Allison. A couple of minutes later, we almost got done again. Simple switch of play. Joe Felix in behind. Great first touch. Carries the ball into the box. 
Good low shot from a difficult angle on his left foot. Allison makes a good save. We were absolutely all over the place in that spell. The midfield, the structure fell apart. There was no defensive solidity to it. Centre-backs were being left exposed. Centre-backs were playing a little bit loose as well. Too far apart, not communicating. It was very concerning in that 20-minute spell. Now, we got to half-time, and that was fine. We had a couple of good moments ourselves in that kind of second, the, the, the late spell of the second half. But going in at half-time, you would have said 2-2 was fair on the balance of the game. We were the best team for 20 minutes, then they were the better team after that. And the last five was probably about even. Seven minutes into the second half, the game gets changed. Antoine Griezmann gets sent off. Now, there's been some discussion about this. He didn't mean it. It wasn't intentional. It, it, all of that's irrelevant. I'm sure 100% he didn't mean it. He didn't, it wasn't intentional at all. He didn't know Bobby Firmino was there. But that's not an excuse. He should know Bobby's there because he's meant to be aware of his surroundings. Bobby doesn't duck his head. Griezmann catches him on the head with his boot, stretching to control a ball. It is absolutely a red card. In the same way that Sadio's red card against Man City was legitimate. In the same way that Nani's red card in the Champions League years ago was legitimate. It's dangerous play. Intent is irrelevant. It's a red card and off you go, Mr. Griezmann. Two goals and a red card. A hell of a way to properly announce yourself back at Atletico Madrid. Once the red card happened, there was a transformation on the sideline and Diego Simeone turned into Voldemort. Summoned the Death Eaters mastered the dark arts and Atleti went full-on shithouse. Rolling about on the floor, baying at the referee for yellow and red cards for every single challenge, time-wasting, sitting down to pretend they were injured. We'll see this game out, we'll manage it, we'll be okay. Atletico Madrid don't necessarily care if they've got 11 men, 10 men, 9 men, they're confident they can see games out. We saw them attempt to get James Milner sent off. That's a bit of a stray arm caught Kieran Trippier. Not a whole lot in it. Probably a yellow card, nothing more than that. Trippier rolls about on the floor like a good Simeone disciple. And then gets up after the yellow card and smiles at James Milner to say, well, I had to try. I appreciate the hustle. I do. There were chances at both ends. They still looked dangerous, even with 10 men. We had brought on Fabinho, I should have mentioned, at half time for Naby Keita. Now, Klopp has said since that it wasn't a performance thing. It was a minutes thing. Not sure I believe that, but... By no means was Naby Keita the worst Liverpool player in that first half. All three midfielders were atrocious. He at least scored a goal. Yes, he gets beaten on both goals. Thomas Lamar, an elite dribbler. João Felix, an elite dribbler. It happens. Lamar is not lightning quick, but he does have good feet. Naby should do better, there's no question. I actually don't think he does badly on the second goal. 
He just gets beaten by a good bit of skill. It's what happens after that moment. That's the failure. But Naby's hauled off. Fabinho comes on. Henderson goes back to the right side. His performance does not improve. Milner's performance does not improve. But Fabinho gives Liverpool a foothold in midfield. Gives them a bit of control. Gives them some defensive solidity. Oxlade-Chamberlain would come on. Jota would come on. And then on 73 minutes, it's a penalty to Liverpool. For all the wonderful players Liverpool have, for all the talented individuals and the magnificent stuff that we've seen over the years, it's a it's a Gary Owen from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Just hyped it up in the air and hoped for the best. Mario Hermoso, who Simeone had been trying desperately to take off for about five minutes before this incident. He had three lads ready to go on the bench for a good five minutes before this incident. He is losing his mind at this point. The ball goes up in the air. Diogo Jota sees it, locks his eyes on it, and makes a move towards it. Hermoso locks eyes on one thing and one thing only, and that's Diogo Jota, and just barges him for no reason. It's pointless. Attack the ball, you'll probably win the ball. You're bigger and stronger than he is. Even if he gets to the ball first, number one, it's going to be very difficult to control. And number two, if he does control it, it's going to take him away from goal. Hermoso does none of that, barges through Jota and leaves him on the ground in a heap, then has the audacity to complain about the decision. But it is a penalty. And rightly so. There's no argument about this one. Up steps Salah. It was never really in doubt. I don't think any of us were worrying that Salah wasn't going to score. He steps up against, like I said earlier, arguably the best keeper in the world. Certainly top two with our fella. Who's also one of the best penalty savers in the world. And cool as you like, strokes it into the bottom corner. Same end as he scored the penalty against Tottenham in the Champions League final in 2019. 3-2 to the Reds. Atleti are all over the referee at this point. Moaning, whinging, pressuring. It's a free kick for them. The ball's played in. Jordan Henderson plays everybody onside. And Diogo Jota makes contact with Jose Jimenez. Sends him to the ground. The contact is minimal. It's a very weak touch. It's not a penalty. But the referee gives a penalty. Now, once he's given the penalty... You're annoyed because there wasn't enough contact to warrant, certainly not the way Jimenez threw himself to the ground, but there wasn't enough contact to warrant a penalty. The referee then delays things. VAR gets involved. They're watching. They're watching. Over he goes to the screen, spends a ridiculous amount of time watching the same replay over and over again, and then overturns the penalty. 
Now, I think Liverpool have the right to be furious that the penalty was given, but I also think Atleti have the right to be furious that it was overturned. Because once you've given it, you've given it based on contact, and there is contact. So I don't know how you can overturn it once it's been given. You're only meant to overturn it if it's a clear and obvious error. It's not a clear and obvious error. There is contact. Not as much as you thought initially, maybe, but there was contact. It seemed like he gave it and then did the whole rigmarole with VAR simply to give himself time to calm his nerves because he was rattled throughout the game. The crowd, their players, some of our players, constantly at him. He just seemed to be losing the run of himself. He gave bizarre free kicks throughout the game, strange decisions with his cards, that penalty, turning the penalty or overturning the penalty. It was overturned, thankfully enough. At which point, Luis Suarez decided to let the referee know exactly what he thought of him. Got booked. And then in traditional Suarez fashion, decided to keep going. And how he wasn't sent off, I don't know. Now, I don't speak Spanish, bar a few swear words. But the swear words I know, I recognised in what he said. He kept going and kept going and kept going at him after he'd given him the yellow card. He actually went after him longer after the yellow card than he did to warrant the yellow card. So I don't really know how he hasn't just given Suarez a second yellow and told him to get off. Maybe he was afraid of being lynched after the game. I have no idea. That was basically it. They had one more really good chance. They worked on the edge of our box, but Angel Herrera sent it skying into the stands, thankfully enough. And we get out of there with a 3-2 victory. There were issues in our midfield, there were issues in our defence, but when you can go to Madrid and beat either of the teams that play in the Champions League, there's obviously Rayo Vallecano as well, but when you can go to Madrid and you can beat either Real or Atleti on their home turf, you absolutely take that, especially this lot, especially with that manager who's one of the best in the world, that group of players, you really do have to take what you're given. Um... Simeone ran down the touchline after the game, didn't stop to shake hands. Now, multiple Spanish journalists have said he does this all the time. There's obviously a couple of pictures of him bumping fists with um, Klopp at Anfield after they beat Liverpool in the Champions League in 2019. Now, maybe he doesn't do it away from home. I don't know. I have seen him do it multiple times before. I don't know that he does it every game the way some people claimed. In fact, we know he doesn't do it every game because he stayed in the pitch after that game at at Anfield. I don't know if he did it when we played them over there the last time. Somebody would need to have a look at the footage of that. But it it didn't look good. The optics of it weren't good. Him scuttling off down the tunnel having tried to incite a riot. Um... Klopp didn't have much to say about that after the game. He just said that he seemed angry at the result and maybe the world, which is kind of Diego Simeone's de facto uh, mood. But a journalist tried to trick Klopp into, you know, disparaging Simeone. And rightfully, Klopp tore into him. 
and put him right in his place and told him, you're not a nice person. And he was, and then walked off, and he was absolutely right to do that. Fair play to Jurgen for that. I think big credit last night goes to Fabinho for the impact he made on the game. I thought Bobby played pretty well. Mo played really well. Mane had a bit of a quieter night. Didn't really hit the stride that he has in recent games. Uh, Trent and Robbo were decent going forward. Struggled a bit defensively. I thought both centre-backs struggled. All three of the starting midfielders struggled. Naby at least got a goal. Uh, Ox played well when he came on. Jota didn't have much of an impact. Nico Williams came on just to see the game out. And Joe Gomez came on. Didn't have a whole lot to do, but what he what he was asked to do, he did quite well. All things considered, a much better result than performance, but we don't care about the performance at this point. You'll absolutely take that result. You'll take it every single day. Liverpool topped the group now on nine points from three games. They are five points clear of Atletico Madrid and Porto, both of whom have four. Porto beat Milan 1-0 last night. Milan have zero points, three defeats in their three games. So a win at Anfield over Atleti should almost guarantee Liverpool qualification. If Milan and Porto either draw or Milan win, a win over Atleti will guarantee Liverpool qualification to the next round with two games to go. Those being home to Porto, a game we'd expect to win. And away to Milan, which I don't get jealous of many people. I'm very jealous of everybody who's going to go to that game. That is a cathedral of football. One of the most iconic stadiums, maybe the most iconic stadium in the world. And obviously a phenomenal city as well. So, um, yeah, look, you can't not be happy with last night. But there were concerning things. There's been some concerning articles written today, uh, which seem to carry agendas that hopefully we had hoped had been buried about a certain midfield player who scored and was taken off. Uh, no mention of the other two midfield players, one of whom has been dreadful all season, bar two games, both of which Naby had played him in. The captain's form is very concerning and should be very concerning to everybody. He has not played well outside of Burnley and Watford, both of whom had no interest in attacking us. And again, both of which Naby played better than him in. So it is what it is. Naby's a big boy. I'm sure he can deal with it, but it is just a bit concerning that, you know, I, I saw it, it painted as a win he didn't contribute to. I must have imagined him scoring the goal. I genuinely must have imagined him scoring the goal. Um, we'll leave it there for today, folks, before I go off on a tangent. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, lots of new articles for you to check out. Uh, Stephen Smith has his player ratings up from last night. He also has a, an article called Bobby and the Altered Dynamic. Excellent read. Make sure you check that one out. Two articles from that boy, Sam McGuire, today. Oh, they may have come out yesterday. Um, Mohamed Salah, is he the best player in the world? I think that's a comprehensive yes. And how would Rafinha have fitted in at Liverpool? And this is a really interesting topic of conversation because obviously his agent has said 
he thought Liverpool would 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 go through with that deal. Fabinho has said he thought that deal was going to happen. When we see how Harvey Elliott was used in the early weeks of the season as a right-sided eight, doesn't Rafinha seem like a perfect fit for that role? And out a right-sided eight who becomes the right winger in attack. With all due respect to Harvey, who's a wonderful, wonderful talent, Rafinha is levels and levels above him right now. Rafinha is a top-class player. A Rafinha, Fabinho, Thiago midfield that flexes to a 4-4-2 with Rafinha right wing, Mane left wing, Salah, Anido Jota or Bobby up front with a double pivot of Fabinho and Thiago. That's the type of thing that you go to bed dreaming of, dream about all night and then wake up still thinking about. That is potentially sensational. So check out that read from Sam. Very, very good. Podcast-wise, if you haven't heard the latest edition of the Anfield Index podcast, episode 301, Crouching Tiger, Floating Branch, uh, Trev, Cam, Carl, Lisa and Guy, back with a bang. Make sure you check that one out. Uh, On Anfield Index Pro, Rate Don't Hate for Watford is out. Scouts are Tommies. Jim Boardman and Jay Reed, two great guys. That one is out. Make sure you give that one a listen. Always good to have Jim podcasting and great to have Jay uh, doing a bit more. They chat about Mo, his impact on the season so far, his contract, and where he ranks among the Liverpool greats. And there is a raw from uh, last night. Apologies for my own performance on raw. Wasn't really in the right headspace for it, uh, for a multitude of reasons. But um, do check that one out. Uh, Myself, Carl and Trev. Carl and Trev, brilliant as always. Uh, I was there, but not really there. That will do me for today, folks. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves and have a good day. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.